But it's so interesting with the word of God that you can read the scripture and you have laid it out in a certain way and when you hear one person say something and then suddenly you see something completely different in that scripture. And I did something that I would not advise you to do. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, this theologian, he's gone home to be with Jesus, with Jesus now, Michael Heiser. Uh, I made the mistake buying an audio book. I'm telling you, it's too complicated just to listen because, you know, it's so, anyway, but um, he mentioned, you know, he talks about angels. And when he says something, I never heard that before. And when he said it, it was just so obvious. He said, like, uh, that, uh, that the angels were there when God created man. And when he said the scripture, you know, where God says, let us make man in our image. And uh, traditionally, it's always been taught to prove God was a trinity. You know, God is free and God is one. This is always what I've been taught and what I've said. But when he made the obvious statement, and this is what revelation is, revelation is obvious. Okay, so he says, obviously, God didn't say that to himself because the Holy Spirit and Jesus, they knew it. So God, he was not communicating to himself. I know God is old, but he don't speak to himself. Okay, he was saying to the angels, let us make man in our image okay and uh, and it's something that we need to come back to is that the, the power lies in the word of god okay it's not uh, uh, one of the sad things i've seen over the years as me has been in the ministry is that the preaching that jesus have been relegated to um, you know jesus is not like a spiritual life coach okay He's not here, it's like, you know, where you come and, you know, the Bible says the gospel, but it's the power of God. Not, not the, uh, Jesus will do well for you, Jesus will do this for you. No, it's the gospel, but it's the power of God. And it's so important we get back to what does the word of God say. And um, I, I was just reading here in Romans 4, 17, twice. Um, no, no, sorry, no, that's ahead of. Uh, 20, uh, 4.20 says, He staggered not, this is about Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Uh, I'm reading daily from my personal uh, reading, I'm reading this uh, NRSV translation, and it actually says here about Abraham, as he, as he gave glory to God, his faith grew. As he gave glory to God, his faith grew. Amen. And I think that one of the things that is important is that you can all is we give glory to God by being grateful. Abraham, he said, you know, we wonder how does my faith grow? Stop being negative. Stop being a victim. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. But be grateful. Give thanks to God. Have you noticed that uh, some people they can always find something bad about every situation? And there are some people who can always find something good in any situation. And those who, who, those who are in the latter, they are the one who grows. Amen. You know, that uh, I heard a funny story about Kenneth Hagen. That uh, Kenneth Hagen, he was known for, he never said anything bad about anyone or anything. And when his son-in-law, he said to him, I, I, I'm sure you've got something good to say about the devil. <laughs> and when Kenneth Hagen said, yeah, I will give him that, he's persistent. You know, but but the thing is that we have to be, you know, Abraham, he grew in his faith by giving glory to God. You know, that if you want to grow in your faith, 
be grateful. Every single day, there's always something you can give thanks to God for. You know, but it might not everything be in place in your life, but you can always give glory. Amen. The devil wants you to look at what has not come into place yet, but God says, be grateful. Mm. Amen. That doesn't mean that you should just be staying there, but it is the purpose of it says that Abraham, he gave glory to God. Mm. Amen. That he was, a, you know, that you remember the story when, when God came to Abraham, uh, uh, what is it, to Abraham and said that uh, I'm going to give you a son. And, uh, and that was when Abraham was old and, you know, he was beyond himself and whatever. And, uh, and it took about 25 years from the time God gave him that promise. Do you know, it should only have taken him one. Okay. Because, you know, we know that he was called Abraham at that time. And, yeah. uh, and for me, I, use that, I see that is that when God came to Abraham, Abraham, he looked at, like we say, fate is something that is going to happen. One day, one day is going to happen. One day is going to happen. And one day, and God came and, and reinforced the promise. But you have to understand with God, there is no time, there is no space. So it doesn't matter for God if he comes now or if he comes 25 years later. For God is always now, as I said to you many times. But when she gets to heaven, she will never be late anymore. Mm-hmm. She will always. You can never. You cannot be late in in heaven because of there's no time. Okay. So I see Abraham. He was someone like many believers that I met today. They say, one day I'm going to be saved. One day I'm healed. One day I'm going to prosper. One day I'm going to be. One day I'm going to have a breakthrough. One day. But faith is not one day. Faith is now. So God came down to Abraham and tried to get the message across. And Abraham said, look at, the, look at the stars and look at the sand. And you know, your child, your seed shall be multiplied like this and so on. And Abraham still didn't get it because he thought faith was something that was outside of him. Okay, he probably said, I believe for a child. I believe for a promise son and so on. But what he should have said, I believe in God who can do anything, who can do the impossible. So after 24 years, I think God got impatient with Abraham. So he came down to him and spelled it out. And said, your name is not Abraham. Your name is Abraham. Okay. Now, now, for me, I see that as Abraham, it was going to happen. Abraham, it has happened. Faith is not that it's going to happen. Faith is it has already happened. When, when, when you see God talk about faith, it's always in past tense. He, you know, like remember in Genesis 1, it's God says, let there be light. And when the King James says, let and light where was, past tense. Once God has said it, that's it, it happened. So what Abraham should have realized when, God, when he came to Abraham and said, you shall be a father of many nations. Then he should have caught it and said, I am. But Abraham, Abraham was a picture of what he's still going to be. And we have to understand faith is, we, we don't stand in faith. We don't believe for things. Because if you believe for things, it's not faith. Faith is, you got it. You know, when you, get, when you got saved, when I got saved, we used to say, I met Jesus that day, that's the day I got saved and so on and so forth. No, you didn't. We all got saved the same day, about 2,000 years ago, when Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished. 
Amen. But at certain times of our lives, that's we, 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 we saw it at different times in our life, and that's where we received what was already ours. But we have to understand that faith is, I have got it. You're not going to be healed. You are. And if you are he, if I was, I am. Remember 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes, we were healed. Isaiah uh, talks about, uh, we are going to be because that's before the cross, but 1 Peter 2.24 talks about, by his stripes, we were healed. So you don't need to ask God to heal you. You just say, thank you, by your stripes, I am. Amen. That's faith. And uh, and when uh, actually, when, when God says to, uh, uh, is when, when God comes to Abraham, uh, let me read from uh, uh, yeah, if, uh, Romans chapter 4 and uh, 15. Because the law worked with wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made, notice he said, I have made, he didn't say you're going to be, I have made, the moment God has said it to you, I have made, it's happened. Now, what we have to do is that we have to uh, re realize, if God has said I got it, that's it. But because of we still, very often, a lot of teaching, especially in the Western world, it still appeals to your five physical senses. Or we say we use phrases, but I can feel God. No, you cannot feel God. God is spirit. God don't communicate with your emotions. You can feel an atmosphere that can come, but it's not necessarily God, because there have been times where I think, oh, wow, I'm really anointed, and absolutely nothing happens. And then there's other times you think, this is the worst thing i ever done, this is the worst thing i ever and things happen because we, God is spirit. So we cannot measure God according to how I feel. That's why Wigglesworth, he learned the lesson when people asked him, how are you doing, Mr. Wigglesworth? And he replied and said, I don't, <coughs> I, don't, I don't ask Mr. Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell Mr. Wigglesworth how he feels. Amen. Because he learned the lesson that he's not moved by what he can see in the natural. Anything in the natural is subject to change. Amen. Anything you can see in your natural world can be changed by the word of God. This, this is what the story about the mountains that Jesus, he says, that if you speak to this mountain, if you speak to this mountain, it shall be thrown into the sea. Because don't, don't try to climb it, throw it into the sea. You know, this is what faith is. And... Uh, so he says here, uh, so, uh, so I, 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 as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you, this is back to Genesis uh, chapter 17. But when God comes down, it will, uh, when, I think when God got fed up and said, now your name is Abraham. And when, what did he say? And within a year, isn't it wonderful when we struggle to grasp it? God cuts it out so we cannot misunderstand it. Within a year, you will have a child. Okay? When, when Abraham realized, I'm not going to be, I am. 
It took only maximum three months before Sarah conceived, or where the spiritual promise became manifested in the natural. What was the difference? He, he moved away from I'm going to have to I got it. Amen. You know, it's the same, but it, we, 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 we have probably all experienced when we have, we have done something that we shouldn't have done and we ask God to forgive us. Uh, most, pe- most of us, when we have asked God to forgive us, we don't feel, oh, this is wonderful now, everything is fine. No, we still have the emotions, we still have the effect of it in our body, but, we cannot, we, but these things does not tell us about if we are forgiven or not. We are forgiven because we know the word of God says that when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And that is more powerful than our emotions. That is more powerful than my experiences, the word of God. Do you know that many of the things we think is normal human beings, uh, being uh, behavior, is things we have been taught in this world. No baby, no child is born with fear. Okay? Uh, I learned that lesson many, many years ago when we were in Toronto and there was up in the CN Tower. And then, I don't know, where is this glass floor and uh, I can see I can show you a video of Yenti's falling on all four <laughs> and, 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 and but what was interesting was with children they were just jumping on it and you say don't jump on it because you know you know like and it was and it was like a common adult behavior that and me myself included I, I was really bold that's the problem when I looked down, I couldn't see anything because there was a cloud, okay, underneath. So I couldn't see the ground. When the wind came, the cloud blew away. So I jumped back. Like, and when it dawned on me, fear has, is something that I've been taught. Not, not by God, but by the world. And God's, when we be, that's why when, when we become born again, what are we called? We are called the children of God. We have to be retrained. We have to realize that person I used to refer myself to is gone, does not exist anymore, is gone. Amen. And this is what Abraham realized, but I'm not going to be. I am. I am. I am. I don't know what you, is in your life, in your circumstances, that you trust God for, but stop praying and asking God, please give it to me, please bring it, and one day I'll have break. No, just start confessing and say, I got it. I got it. I am healed. I got my breakthrough. And the devil will say, I can't see any breakthrough. I can't see any healing. I can't see any... But don't, uh, don't try to prove anything to him. Just stay on the word of God and say, I got it. That's what happens when you got saved, most likely. Yeah. If you, you know, when I got saved, I come from a non-believing family, and uh, I can still remember when I came home and said I met Jesus. They all laughed because they, you know, have, you know, you don't change physically, you, you don't change emotionally and behavior, behavior way anyway. And I said to him, I met Jesus. And they all laughed. And I said, you're not, you're not met Jesus. You're not a Christian. You're a, are you one of these Bible bashers now? You know, I mean, you know, all the things. But the thing is, in the natural, you couldn't see it. But in my heart. How did what was in my heart become so that it was seen in the natural? It was because I held on to say, I am a Christian. It was my confession and my action that manifested what was in my heart now started manifesting in my world. And that's the same principle, the same thing with healing. 
that when you, when someone had prayed for you, or you have asked Jesus he, that I received my healing, you might feel something different, something whatever. But don't go by that. Go by, I have received. I don't ask my body if it's healed. I tell my body, you are healed. Amen. This is what faith is. But faith, you know, and, and it's so important what you say. It is so vital that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the Bible says also that when we uh, believe in our heart and confesses with our mouth, you shall be saved. And the same word saved, the same word in, no, in Greek is the same word for healing. So the way you receive your healing is the same way you receive your salvation. So if you receive your salvation, now you already know how to be healed. But it's the same thing in any area of your life. If you need a financial breakthrough, if you need to prosper, whatever area it is, it's the same simple thing. Believe in your heart and confess it with your mouth. If at, uh, I had a horrible, so to speak, situation last week. Uh, I had a very dear friend of mine. He's only two, no, four, three, two, three years older than me. Uh, he was a... Uh, He's the one that every time I tell you anything about Salvation Army, he's the one I, I ask. He's a, he's a, he's, he, he was a lieutenant in the Salvation Army, and his family is like one of these big uh, Salvation Army families. And uh, last year, in September, he got diagnosed with brain cancer. Okay, and, uh, and I think only two weeks ago I spoke to him for two hours or something. I spoke to his mom yesterday. And uh, oh, also the day before he said, I mean, yeah, yesterday, and she said yeah, she couldn't believe I spoke to him for two hours. But but we we had a really amazing talk, and and it was just the presence of God in that conversation. But anyway, he passed away on Tuesday. And when people called me and asked me why did he pass away, why did he pass away? Because we prayed, and we he believed in healing, and why? And at the moment, you know, don't try to come up with an answer if you don't have an answer, okay? So I said, I had no idea. I have no answers, but I can pray. Okay, so I just start, you know, and when you don't know what to pray for, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You know, the best thing to do, pray in the Spirit, because many of our vocalized prayers are birthed out of our flesh. But pray in the Spirit. And, and the Bible says in James that if any man lacks wisdom, ask. And God will grant it. So when I spoke to his mother yesterday, and uh, so she said something to me, and then suddenly she said this sentence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he went to see someone uh, last Saturday. He said to her, and he said, and he has said to them, or I said to the family, I'm going to die of this. And I said, that's what it is. That's what it is. So when people say, why, why didn't God heal? No, no, but it's because what comes out of your mouth. It is so, so important. When he said that, and they said, when he, once he said these words, he was, he was gone on Tuesday. Okay? It doesn't mean that he's not going to heaven. Of course he goes to heaven at all. Because of a, this life here isn't just a short term, but when people, but sometimes people, people say, hey, but we prayed. No, you know, you, you know, you cannot pray against someone else's will. You know, really what he was saying, he said, I'm ready. Amen. I'm ready. 
you don't need to be 120, 130, 140 years old or whatever. No, when you have done what you're supposed to do, you know I'm ready. Okay? And you can pray for healing all you want to, but if that person is ready, it's not going to work. Prayer does not manipulate people. I know that we're called to reign in life, but it doesn't say we're here to reign over people. Okay? And that's where it's so important that we start teaching people now, when you are healthy and strong, that God wants to heal. It's too late to start learning about healing when you are ill. Okay? It's like the, the parallel if you learn in Sunday school about the house built on sand and the house built on the rock. It's difficult to start building when the storm comes. So peacetime is where you mobilize. When things are going well for you, that's where you put an extra effort into studying the Word of God. When you are healthy, study healing. When you, uh, that's why I study prosperity uh, on payday. Amen. I, you know, I learned from my lesson, you know, that, as I told you, when I learned about prosperity, and I needed, I needed, I, and every book I got hold of is a game. No, 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 that's not what I want to, I, I want to, how do I receive? And every book I read, game. Okay, that was really tough to learn that. Have you tried, I now try to read, uh, reading healing scriptures, standing healing, learning about healing when I'm ill, it's very difficult. But it should be stored up on the inside of you. Amen. So he said, even God, who, no, so, so he said, I have made you a father of many nations. So notice, past tense. Past tense. I, I have made you. But it took Abraham so many years to see it. I have it. You, you know, you say to yourself, whatever you have trusted God for, you're not going to get it. You got it. You know, learn the lesson from the late pastor Young Cho, where he, he became famous in South Korea about that he was the preacher who was pregnant with a bicycle table and a bicycle table and a chair, office chair. And uh, people came to his church because there's this crazy preacher who, 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 who is pregnant with a bicycle chair and a table. And they came and said, can we see it? He said, yeah, yeah, you can see it. Where is it? It's in here. Okay. And when, God, when after a while he said to God, why have I not seen it? I've become a laughing stock in my, my town here. I say everyone, I, have, I got it. And when God said to him, but you haven't told me which bicycle you want. You haven't told me what kind of table you want. You, you know, so so he, he realized once God had said it, he got it in here. Everything that you need in life here, you already got it in here. But the challenge is, how do I get it from here into my life? When you read the word of God, it gets into your heart. When you start confessing it and acting upon it, it comes into your world. And it's the acting thing that we all struggle with because we, when, when religion comes in and says, oh, yeah, but hard works doesn't make a difference. No, it's not hard work. Oh, it's all by grace. Yeah, but Paul says that by his grace, I work harder than anyone. It's, grace is not when you shouldn't pray. Grace is that when you pray, God hears you. Amen. Grace is not that I shouldn't read the Bible. Grace is that when I read the Bible, God reveals himself. But many of times I heard this phrase, oh, I'm under grace, meaning I don't need to do what I need. I know I should be doing because I'm under grace. No, that's not grace. Grace is when I call upon the name of Jesus, he comes. Okay? Don't take that for you know, Before I became Christian, I prayed prayers. I think we all did. Oh, if there's someone up there, Please help me, whatever. Okay, but there was no answer because I had no access because I was not saved. I was not cleansed by the blood of a lamb. I didn't have the name of Jesus. 
So I must take my prayers for granted. No prayer is gracious, but when I pray, God hears me. That's grace. Grace is not that I shouldn't pray. Amen. <coughs> so even God who quickened, now this is, we see something about God's nature before him whom he believeth. Even God who quickened the dead, and now notice this line, and call it those things which be not as those they were. I know it sounds a little bit, uh, but he, he called things as it is, even if it's, you can't see. So basically what it is, he's referring to what you have in your heart, because in the natural you can't see it, but you can see it in your heart. You can see it in your heart, and when you start acting upon it, confessing it, then it will happen. Amen. And don't say what you got. Say what you want. God didn't say in Genesis chapter 1 and said, oh wow, it's really dark here. He said, did he? He said, let there be light. And light was. Amen. Oh, don't say, oh, oh, I feel so old. No, I feel so young. Amen. Uh, 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 amen. You are, I'm telling you, I, I watched a believers convention on uh, on the internet, and there was one of Kenneth Copeland's partners. She was 102 years old. No medicine, or no medication at all, clear in her mind, faculties, and so on. She, and she was supposed to share, and you know, as he's really a Christian, you know, but uh, she was just supposed to share a little bit. She carried on for 20 minutes. Okay, and. Uh, but, but she, she said, I just trust Jesus. Amen. I just trust Jesus. I just trust Jesus. And see, but it's not just a, a trusting. It's not a, it's not a, what can I say? Uh, it's not a passive thing. Trusting is that I'm acting upon the word of God. When we're waiting, you know, when, when you are waiting on the Lord, in the Lord, you, you have to compare, you have to see it more as that you are serving, you know, like a waitress in a restaurant. That's how you wait. Waiting is not passive. Faith is not passive. Do you understand? It's not a philosophy. It's not a theology. It's a relationship. So when I'm waiting upon God, then that means I do the word of God. That's why, so, you know, can you imagine you go to a restaurant and the waitress, she say, hey, can you, I'm waiting. Hey. I'm not supposed to. I'm the waitress. I'm waiting. Okay, no. So that's how we wait in the Lord. That we act. So we are basically servicing. So we are, we are doing the Word of God. What when you see something in the Word of God, when I, as I said to you lately, that it's better for you to read one verse in the Bible and doing it, than reading four chapters and doing nothing, apart from putting it in your notebook. Oh, that was interesting. No, reading, better to read one verse and acting upon it than reading four chapters and do nothing else. Say, oh, now I've done my part today. Okay? You know, faith can be seen. Faith can be seen. Faith is not a passive thing. No, in our world, the hedonistic world, and... Uh, uh, we, we learn, but we, we use phrases like uh, God sees, we, we abuse in scriptures like God sees the heart. No, no, if you have the right heart, it will birth action. Okay, we use phrases, it's the thought that counts. Okay, even children knows that doesn't work. You know, do you try that at Christmas? 
oh, but I, I would really like to buy you this and the other. Where is it? How before it's in my heart. I really want it. No, no. They want to see the substance. Amen. So, so, uh, so he's saying, so we, even God who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Is that, see again, past tense. Past tense. It's not, I'm not going to get it. I got it. Amen. I am prosperous. I am healed. I am strong. I am healthy. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. And even if you feel completely opposite, don't let that come out of your mouth. Amen. Don't let be don't be defined by what the devil tells you. Don't be defined by how the devil manipulates your circumstances. No, be defined by this is what the word of God says. And if God if the word says it, that's it. I don't care if I feel pain. If the Bible says I'm healed, so I will confess I am healed. Amen. It's so important. But the devil, you know, it's, it's nothing new. This is what he, the devil wants you to define your faith through your circumstances. Remember when Jesus got tempted, if you are the son of God, make these stones into bread. So he wants to define, uh, define that he's the son of God by doing something in the natural. But how did Jesus define himself? By the word of God. What did he say? It is written. It is written. It is written. So if you feel pain in your body, if you have a symptom in your body, you can just say, just like Jesus, it is written, by his stripes I have been healed. He said, oh, doesn't it hurt? Ah, oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, it does hurt a little bit, yeah. Oh, did someone pray for you? Yeah, they did pray for you. Have you got it? Ah, uh, not yet. I stand in faith. But no, when you're already in, on his playground and you will lose every time you're fighting his fight in the natural. Stay in the spirit. Amen. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So, you know, don't need to tell the devil you're worried. You can say, God will perfect that which concerns me. Amen. And I said to you, none of us can remember what we were worried about last year. Can you remember? Now, but last year was a big thing. We worried. Now, don't know. God will perfect that which concerns you. So if you are concerned, you can rest assured God will take care of it. Amen. I don't need, don't spend so much time uh, painting, let the devil painting pictures in what could happen, what should happen, whatever. No, by no, no, he will perfect it. Cast his cares upon him. Why? Because he cares. Because he cares. Don't worry about how it's going to happen. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is just trusting him. Have faith in him. Have faith in him. Mark 11, 22. Let's go there. This is uh, something I come back to lately over and over again. And uh, and if you like me. No, no. Anyway. So uh, Mark 11, 22. And Jesus answering said unto him, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Don't have faith for things. We don't have faith for healing. We have faith in God who is the healer. We don't have faith for prosperity. We have faith in God who is the provider. We don't have faith for anything apart from faith in him. And I, as I said, I prefer to use the word trust because faith becomes some kind of uh, theoretical thing in our culture. But because it's like, you know, I believe God. No, because many of the people I met, if, uh, for example, say, do you, do you believe in healing? And they say, yes, yes, yeah. So I, so I ask them, 
So why don't you pray for the sick? No, no. What we really are saying, what, what, what faith has been boiled down to in our culture is that if I agree with the Bible, you know, where many of these people I met, they agree, when we say they have faith about healing, they agree when the Bible talks about healing. They agree when the Bible talks about sitting, but that's not faith. That's knowledge. Faith is, I see it, I do it. Okay? The thing is, that trust, so that's where trust is a far better word. And I said, you know, the same thing when it comes to obedience. When I was a Christian, the, the obedient word was, has become such a negative word. I remember I was in a church once, and I said, today we're going to talk about obedience, and everyone bowed their head. Because of, obedience is such a negative word, it's, it, it, because many of us hear something about God is going to make me do something that I don't want to do, but I do it anyway because or else he'll smack me, or something like that. That's not obedience, no trust. Trust describes it better. We, you know, when Matthew was seven, eight years old, we, uh, we stayed with a family in Brande, and he was a farmer, he had this big tractor, and uh, it was really, really big. You know, you had to uh, take a ladder to climb up into it, and so on. And, and then Matthew, he's never seen such a big vehicle before, and then my friend, he said, oh, Matthew, do you want to drive it? Oh, Matthew said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, so he climbed up with, uh, with my friend up into the tractor, and uh, I mean, he sat with him, and when my friend said to Matthew, okay, just do exactly what I tell you to do. And as long as he did what he was told to do, he could do what my friend could do. That's obedience. As long as you do what God says you should do, you can do what God can do. That's obedience. Of a better word, trust. Why did Matthew trust him? No, obey him because he trusted him. Not because he was scared of him, but because he trusted him. And the same thing, you're not obedient to God because you're scared of him. You're obedient to God because you trust him. And when you trust him, and when you do what God says what to, you should do, you can do what God can do. Amen. You know, that, that's why we, we're living by faith and not by sight. We're living by faith, not by understanding. Because if we're living by our understanding, God is limited by what we can do. But if we live by trust in him, we can do what he can do. Do, do you see that? When we, when we trust him and we do what he says, we can do what he can do. Amen. But if we have to understand it, if we don't trust, if we don't trust him, then God is limited by what we can do. That's why, that, as I told you, that I used to preach something like, and I thought it was really, really clever, really, really smart, really... Uh, where I say, when God speaks to you, he will speak to you in a way you understand. I that sounds really, really nice. But that's complete rubbish. God doesn't speak to you in a way that you understand. You have to find out what God is saying. Because as I said, if God speaks to you in a way that you understand, now he can speak one word to me, he can speak one word to you, and one word to a third, and we hear three different things. Okay, but because of when God speaks, and all three of us, we ha we have a responsibility to find out what God is saying, and when we do, we we hear the same word. Amen. 
You know, right? When Jesus, in one of his most powerful sermons, he lost his whole church. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. I mean, we're all whoop, gone. I mean, he, he, he spoke to the Pope. Are you leaving too? And the Pope said, we have nowhere else to go. Meaning, he had been thinking about it too. They didn't understand what he was saying. But they had to find out. Okay, when you read the word of God, don't just assume that what you're reading is what you this is what God is saying. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Spend time seeing what is it that it is. Any merits is like <laughs> you learn. You say something, and when you know when you counsel a, a marriage couple, and then say, "Yeah, but you said that. Yeah, but that's not what I meant." Okay? Because we 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 hear according to who we are in the natural. No, we have you know we have to hear. We have to when God's we have to find out. Who is he? So when you know him, now you understand what he's saying. But if I'm, if I'm approaching God from my perspective, now I relegated God to become Danish. Or my culture, or my experience, or my failures, my lack, my shortcomings. And that's not what God intended. He wants to lift me up to his level. He doesn't want to come down to our level. He did that through Jesus. So that Jesus, what, what is he saying about salvation? Jesus became the lowest of the lowest. Why? So that he could lift us up. As I said, this is the difference between Islam, Hinduism, Buddha, and whatever. But Jesus, you know, we don't even start a discussion about comparing, oh, I believe in Islam, I believe in Jesus. No. Christianity is not in the same category. It's like comparing ice creams with uh, stones or whatever. It's not the same. Because every what we call religions are there for man to please their God. Now the Muslims, they have to pray a certain amount of their times a day. Uh, the Buddhists, they do their thing. And, you know, it's all to please God. Christianity or Jesus, believing in Jesus, is that not that man should please God. Jesus, Jesus did that for us. So instead of us lifting up God, our God lifts us up. That's the difference. He lifts us up. He, uh, basically, in religion, man has to die for their God. Christianity, God died for man. That's the difference. He laid his life down. Okay? So, but say, have faith in God for verily, for verily, and again, remember, that's not, that's not a disciple. I think it was in, in Canada, in one of the Filipinos. Uh, ask, can you name the disciples? They say, yeah, Peter, John, and Verily. <laughs> say, Verily. Yeah, yeah, Jesus really loves Verily. Why? How do you know? Because he keeps speaking to Verily. You know, Verily, Verily. Okay. Anyway, so it's not a disciple's name. Amen. That was, what, what did you learn? There was no disciple called Verily. Okay. Anyway, for Verily I say unto you, see, it's easy to find. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, now notice, whosoever. It's, it's not the Pope alone. It's not the anointed minister. It's not the pastor, the bishop, or whatever title you can find. It's say, whosoever. And you know, this is so wonderful with, with, uh, with, 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 with Jesus. He is always inclusive. He said, whosoever. You can include, if you say whosoever, you could basically write me. 
in your Bible. You can do it. You don't need to have a five years theological course or do all sorts of things before you can do it. They say, whosoever, that whosoever shall say, now notice the word say, for that whosoever, don't let the mountain speak to you. You speak to the mountain. Somewhere, there used to be the phrase, when I was a young believer, we used to say this thing, don't let the uh, devil, don't let the problem tell you how big it is, tell your problem how big your God is. I actually, I don't know if it's true, but I read it in a book, it was a funny story, that there was a Filipino woman, that was before I even knew there was something, some Filipino or whatever, and you know, that there was a big naval base in the Philippines, and there was a Filipino woman who seen this verse, and there was this mountain that really obstructed her view. So she saw this verse, and she spoke to that mountain, be removed. And then uh, a while later, the U.S. Navy came and straightened it down because they had to. It was in, in the way of a of the one way. Amen. For whosoever, she just called whosoever. Are you whosoever? Yes, you are. You are whosoever, so, so we established that Jesus is speaking to you here. Amen. Not just to the Pope, whosoever. Be, uh, that who's, actually not good because now use me. Because, when, you know, when I call the Ukrainians, uh, they always address me, hello, Pope. So now if we, when we hear this podcast, now I keep talking about, I'm not talking about myself. It was, I called Peter the Pope, okay. But actually, by the way, it's amazing in Pastor Sergei's church in Ukraine, no one, no member in his church have died due because of the war. Okay, and remember, he got three sons on the front line in Bakhmut, where the oldest is 27 or 8, and they have been there since November. No one have died. None of the young people have died or anything. And because of, it's the grace of God. God protects Amen. You know that whatever circumstances you are in, God can protect you. Oh no, sorry, God will protect you. You are protected. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Believe it. It's not just a nice comfort blanket phrase. No, it's faith. Amen. Guy, you know we have to understand. We need to get beyond this victimhood. There we always, you know, we are not on the defensive side. We are supposed to possess the land. I told you so many times about this thing, and I will say it again, that when, when, God, when Jesus said to Peter, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And, and as I said to you so many times, and it's, I will tell you many, many more times, because many other people will teach you that in a different way, that, uh, because that, that was how I was taught it, that the gates of hell is not there to attack you. You know, a gate doesn't attack you. A gate protects something. So the purpose is that when you have the Jesus, when you have Jesus inside of you, you have the anointing upon you. Now you go and possess, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against you, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The devil will try. The gates of hell will try to to block the healing, but he can't block it because you, by his stripes, you have been healed. The gates of hell cannot prevail. Amen. You have to understand the devil is more scared of you than you are scared of him. Why? Because Jesus, when he sees you, he sees Jesus. Did you understand? He see, when he sees you, he sees Jesus. That's why 
don't come. The only reason why he finds out it's not Jesus is because I'm only a human. I'm only a human saved by grace. No, you are not. You are a saint. You are not a sinner saved by grace. You cannot be both. You were. You were a sinner saved by grace. Now I am a child of the living God who can do all things for Christ who strengthens me, who have, who have all wisdom available to me, who can do all things that God says to me, who have no legs, who are strong, who are healthy, because he who is in me is strength, stronger than he who is in the world. That's who you are. So many Christians need to find out who you are. If I ask believers, who are you? Yeah, most 90% of what they'll say to you will make reference to something in the natural. No, make reference to what the Bible says. Oh, but I am this and I am that. No, if the devil say you are failure, don't believe the lie. God has a purpose and a plan for me. Amen. God don't say, if the devil says, oh, this is impossible, how it's going to happen. No, don't, don't. Don't try to explain yourself to the devil. The devil attacks you by asking questions. So if you say God will provide, what will the devil say? How? And then you say, yeah. oh, I don't know anyone who has many. Oh, I don't know. That's not your problem. All you should do is God trust me. No, but that's our really prosperity. Uh, it was in my home church, and that was a, that was a bit easy because everyone knew me and and. Uh, so they knew, and people were quite generous towards me. Oh, that say God showed me, and He will give you this and the other. No, but when I came to '92, I was in London, to mission to London, and when God told me to give everything I had in my wallet to the offering, that was not a lot, but it was everything. Why did God tell me that? Because He wanted to move me beyond where I, you know, somewhere. Uh, Hidden in me, maybe I thought, oh yeah, God will provide in circumstances, but I know. No, he wanted to teach me, I, no matter where you are, he can provide. I didn't know anyone in London. I told you how lost I was in London. Uh, Pastor Fang's younger brother and I, we landed in Gatwick. We were like two farmers coming in with the late train into town. I'm telling you, we landed in Gatwick. You know, if you build an airport in Denmark, it's a very small airport. And this is like, but in Denmark, it's really big. So first time I landed, we landed in Gatwick. I think we landed in the South Terminal. And we saw this amazing future-looking train. We said, wow, is that the train that takes us into London? So Dan and I, we were sitting there, we were just amazed. And we drove up. We were, oh yeah, we, we were really cool. We were really progressive people here. We were, oh. Then the train stopped. Everyone went out and drove again. And so people came in. And we sat there for 45 minutes, then and I, until we realized, hey, I've seen that building before. So what we were doing, we were driving between North and South Terminal for five you know, It was how lost I was in, in England at the time. And in these circumstances, God told me to give everything. There was no one to rely upon. Okay, and uh, I don't know if that was an unwilling fast. I went through that week and so on. But anyway, I got there. And I'm telling you, the night, the last meeting in that conference, there was a there was a businessman from Derby. He came up to me and said, you know, I don't know why, I don't really know you and so on, but God told me to give you this amount of money. You know, that was so that I could come back to Gatwick Airport. I in my during the week I thought, how long would it take me to walk from London to Gatwick Airport? You know, but always, but 
God's yoke me, and that broke something in my head where, you know, God can provide, or God will provide for you anywhere. Sometimes we can think, oh, but these people, they prosper because they have rich friends or whatever. No, God is not dependent on your friends. Amen. God is not dependent on that. You know, if we can get the ravens to feed a prophet, what do you, have you ever thought about the raven fed the prophet? You know, like, it's just like, when you invite people to your home for dinner or whatever, you, 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 you're making some food that you eat. So when the ravens was told by God to feed the prophet, the ravens were thinking, oh, let, him, let us give him some raven delicacies. And the prophet learned how to say grace for the food. Okay, anyway. So, be, so I say, that whosoever shall say, shall say, shall say unto this mountain, shall say unto this mountain, and shall not be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, now notice this is important here, but shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass. Those things he say shall come to pass. If you believe that your word, someone has said to me, oh, that doesn't work, yeah, I say, yes, it does, you've just proven it doesn't work. Because he said it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Okay, but whoso, if you believe that whatsoever you say, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. I told you of my friend many times, Klaus, that he, he, when he was a converted hippie, uh, converted drug addict and so on and uh, and he, he had nothing and he always kept saying one day I'm going to be a millionaire I'm going to be a millionaire he hadn't heard my teaching that I'm teaching today but God <laughs> and one day he got a letter from a solicitor I asked him into to the office and uh, and it turned out that his grandfather was Arne Jacobsen I don't know if you know who Arne Jacobsen is he's a very famous designer Danish if you know, remember the egg chair, it's Arne Jacobsen who designed it. That's his granddad. And so he so the will, they found out when the will has to be shared, Klaus was one of his grandchildren. So Klaus said to me, he walked in with nothing, came out with a million. Amen. He got what he said. If you keep saying I'm stupid, you are stupid. Amen. Stupid. I'm so stupid. Stupid. If you say you're stupid, you're stupid. It's as easy to say, I'm bright. Amen. You know, we find it easy to say, I can't do it. It's just as easy to say, that's easy. You know, but Joshua and Caleb, what did they say when we saw the land? Say, we take it as a piece of cake. They didn't know how. They, they knew that God has backed them up. If God has said it's their land, that's it. If God has said this is yours, that's it. It doesn't matter. No demon in hell can stop you. you know, we, we sometimes give the devil too much credit. You know, the most precious thing is your salvation. Remember, there's a story about uh, the, uh, the man who is, uh, that, that is um, possessed by so many legions of demons. Even that de legions of demons could not stop him from worshipping Jesus. Amen. 
Hvad så power for vi dem? Åh, oh, det er no. The legions of demons could not stop the man worshiping Jesus. Something that I just got to think about. That the next time you, you can read that as your homework. Next, next, next time you see him, he, you know, because one of the things he was naked, but later on he was dressed. How, how, where, where, did, where did we get the dress from? Did Jesus say, Peter, take your clothes off and give it to this man? No, he didn't. Jesus already had provision. He already, you know, there is no lack and no need. Wherever you are, he has already provided. Amen. It, it is, it is, anyway, so, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. That's why watch your words. Speak what it is that you want, not what you have. Don't say, oh, I'm so depressed and I'm so lonely, I'm so, what you know, you know. No, speak what you want and the Bible say, if you believe what you say, it will come to pass. Amen. I'm more than a conqueror. I am strong in Christ. I do not lack wisdom. I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm forgiven. Have you noticed the devil really good at remembering your past? And reminding you of your past. Now, you speak your future. I am the redeemed. I am the saved. I am the forgiven. I am the righteousness of God. Amen. As you know, someone says, when devil speaks to you about your past, you tell him about your, his future. Amen. Don't just let the devil speak to you like that. So, so, so you can see, you know, it, before we were called Christians, Christianity used to be called the Great Confession. Actually, that's why we become, you know, when we got the name they are Christians, that was not because they liked us. It, it was used in a mocking way. Why did we do Because the early church, they sounded like Jesus, they acted like Jesus, and then people mocked them and said, oh, these Christians. And then we, what, what was intended for our uh, to, to pull us down, now we took the word and made it our to define us. That's how, that's how the Muslim, no, sorry, not the Muslim, the Methodist church, when John Wesley was called a Methodist, that was not because they, oh, you are amazing, John Wesley. No, it was because the John Wesley and Charles Wesley and George Whitfield and this guy in the Holy Club, they were methodical in taking communion, they were methodical in reading the word of God, they were methodical in confessing their sins, and when people looked at oh, these Methodists. But then he took it. And instead, you know, the mud that the world threw at him, he took it and made it a badge of, of honor. Amen. Because he was not defined by what the world said. He was not defined by his circumstances. He was defined only by what does the Bible say. You, you know, you can do anything that the Bible says that you can do. Amen. You can do anything that the Bible says that you can do. Don't let this world limit you. This world is a limited world. You know, anything that has value in this world is valued upon lack. Okay? But we are not of this world. We are in it. We are in the world, not of it. Amen? We are living here, but we are defined from heaven. Which means that the, the, the limitations that is in this world is not our limitations, because we are not in, you know, we are not of this world. 
We can do anything, anything that is in heaven, we can do here where we are. That's why in the last prayer, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Don't ever look at yourself and say, I don't have enough. Don't ever look at it and say, I'm not this one and the other. No, you have everything because God has said, he is your provider. And if we are very often like Gideon, as I said to our generation is like Gideon, we think, oh, I'm a nobody, I'm just a little sinner, I'm this, that, and the other, that's it. And, and, and this is the image that Gideon had painted of himself, and he told himself so many times, so he believed it. But when you carry on in the story, Gideon was not the poor, poorest. When, when he sacrificed, when he finally got around to do what God asked him to do, they sacrificed the, the cows, which were only for wealthy people. But not only that, he didn't even do it himself, he got his servants to do it. And yet he painted a picture of himself where I'm a nobody. And I'm telling you, this is where, you know, imagine you got Jesus in you. Just if you meditate five minutes a day, just realizing I got Jesus in me. But because it's been polluted, because of, we say things like, uh, come Lord Jesus. Okay? So, so, so it feeds some understanding it, but he's not here. So with Jesus, he comes and he goes, so we have to do something to please him for him to come. No, he is with you permanently. That's why you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What is the temple of the Holy What is the temple of the Holy Spirit? That's where the Holy Spirit dwells. You're not the holiday home. A holiday home you visit every now and then. No, the temple you stay permanently. So you have to realize the Holy Spirit dwells with you permanently. You don't need to, to, to convert, do all sorts of religious exercise for him to come. He's here. Speak to him as he's your friend. Speak to him as he's, he's uh, your, uh, your advocate, your strength, your helper. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him. He's here all the time. You don't need to get Pastor David to sing a worship song for him to come. He's with you 24-7. Amen. If you, I heard a funny testimony. There was a person. <laughs> she, she, she always had trouble waking up in the morning. I mean, she, it dawned on her. The Holy Spirit never sleeps, and He's in me. So she starts saying, "Holy Spirit, I need to be up 6:30. Can you wake me up?" And she never needed an alarm again. Amen. Though that shows someone who realized I have that kind of relationship. You know, that this is the relationship you should have with Jesus. Not just like a religious relationship where, oh, I come and do my religious duties. So, no, no, no. You, 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 he, he, he wants to walk with you 24 7. It, it should be like that when people look at you, they can see something is upon you. Not, not your good behavior. Of course, you should behave well. Not because you're nice, because you should be nice, but there is something supernatural over you. I was in a supermarket the other day when my neighbor, uh, a, a, a Jewish neighbor, came. Just out of nowhere. And so it turned out that her father had been diagnosed with uh, brain cancer also. But, and, and he was 80-something. And she said, in the middle of a supermarket, you know, at the entrance. No, so just, she, I, I did she, she came, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. I said, my, my, my dad, he's, he said, could you do your thing, you know? <laughs> 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 you know, can you do your thing? You know? 
But for me, it was a testimony of that she didn't know because usually when you hear people like Christians, what 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 is the next one? They're so nice. But when, uh, but 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 the thing is, she came because she needed a supernatural reply. Amen. This is what should be recognized. They didn't say about the first disciple, oh, they can see, oh, they're really nice, polite, courteous. <laughs> they're really nice. Peter, who used to have a hot temper. No, sir, John, who had a hot temper, he was called the sons of fun, but now he's the loving apostle. Wow, they are so cute, these guys. No, they said they could see they have been with Jesus. Why? Because they laid hands on the sick and they recovered. They delivered with people from demons. People were set free. They acted like Jesus. When, when the demons came, they spoke a word and they were gone. Amen. And they, that was what they realized that they were Christians. They were little Christ. The crippled man outside the temple, they come out of the temple, he looks at them and asking for money. Why do you think he asked for money? Because many of times when Jesus has been there, Judas, Jesus said to Judas, go and give him some money. So when Peter and John, he, oh, well, I mean, we said, well, now we don't have Judas, we don't have Jesus around, where is the wallet? And when Peter says, silver and gold have we none, because we are prophets. <laughs> no, you know, that's a profitless, no, anyway. So, but what I do have, what, do, what did he have? He had Jesus. And what I have, I've given unto you. Now you have to understand you must, many people read this story as, as as history. Like like if you if, don't read it as history. Read it as if we can do it, I can do it. You know, but this is where it's so fascinating. The Bible is read, uh, written by some interesting characters. Moses, what did he say about himself? Moses is the meekest man on earth. It's Moses writing it. John writes, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Mark didn't say, John is the disciple Jesus loves. Matthew doesn't write, John is the disciple Jesus loves. Luke doesn't say it, only John. Crazy people. And I told you about it again. But, and John also needs to get in, but he can run faster than Peter. It's peculiar people that God has taken. But they have all one thing in common. They catch on. If Jesus can do it, I can do it. If Jesus can do it, I can do it. You know, next time, we, we, in the 80s, 90s, or, 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 well, used to, people used to have this armband where they said, what would Jesus do? Ask yourself every time, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? When you elect, just let the first thought, let the first thought be, oh, not be, oh, elect. No, what would Jesus do? Okay? Don't, uh, prayer is not when you're complaining to God. Prayer is when you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are my provider. Thank you, Jesus. You led me so far and you're not going to stop now because you, will, you are faithful to complete it. Okay? And, 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 and it works in every single area. Focus upon what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? You know, the, the circumstances will shout to you, will scream at you. No, go to the Bible. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the illness. Speak to the symptom. Speak to your bills. I have a friend, you know, uh, this w a woman who came to my birthday who was singing uh, in the evening. <clears throat> and when she was young, we all thought she was crazy. 
and until you know but we were students so she lined all her bills up and uh, you know we, we we get a little grant in you know we got it we got money from the government to study in denmark but so all but the bills came up i mean i was there uh, she said be paid in jesus name be paid in jesus i was just saying crazy woman be paid in jesus name i said I'm going to pay for her future husband, Jacob, he's a poor guy. If you have to live with such a crazy woman, be paid in Jesus' name, be paid in Jesus' name. I thought, crazy woman. Until she told me, they're all paid. Oh, how did you do that? <laughs> now she was not crazy anymore. Now she was anointed. What did she do? She spoke to the mountain and she believed whatsoever she say will happen now it's very important with this thing don't try jesus don't try it do it jesus didn't go and say try and heal them he said heal them okay don't try and see if it works oh let me see no just do it okay so, anyway so uh, which he says shall come to pass he shall now he shall have he shall have whatsoever he says amen he shall have whatsoever he says he shall have whatsoever he says you know that and you see it works how many times have i not told you i'm 25 it works <laughs> well what why is why what happened here god opened their eyes <laughs> no. He shall have whatsoever he says. He shall have whatsoever he says. Notice what he's saying. He didn't say he shall have whatsoever he says, but no, that's religion. He shall have whatsoever he says. You know, in your mouth there is power. Your words brings your spiritual reality into your natural reality. Have you ever thought about how Virgin Mary conceived Jesus? No, there is a way. It's not just like anything with God, where it can be explained. What happens? Gabriel comes down with the word of God. He's speaking to her. This is the word of God. He's speaking to her. You are the chosen one. You shall be the mother. What, what is he? What, what was Gabriel doing? He's sowing the seed in her heart. The word of God, the seed, when she said, receive of a chosen one, he sows the word. So now the word is in her heart. And what does this Bible say after that? The Holy Spirit comes upon her. And that word that was in her heart now becomes substance in the natural world. That's why in John it talks about Jesus in the beginning was the word. Jesus is the word. What word? That was when Gabriel came down and spoke to Mary. You shall, you, you shall carry the Messiah, you shall carry Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit came upon her, and now what was now in the Spirit, now manifested in the natural. It's the same thing you see that, that, uh, in Genesis, where it talks about that the Spirit of God hovers over the waters. And when God speaks, let there be light. And then the Spirit takes these words and make it substance. That's the same thing you can do, like my, my friend did, and she said, be paid in Jesus' name. 
She had she knew the scripture Philippians 4:19 that uh, for my God to supply all my need according to His riches. And when she spoke the word, she knew that whatsoever she she says she can have the Holy Spirit empowered these words. And do you know what is uh, God is no respecter of people. This means that this thing works for anyone who will apply it. Amen. You know, the, you know, the Bible is not just putting a Bible verse on Facebook or on your fits or whatever. The Bible should not just only be in your heart. It's a good beginning, but it should be in your life. It should be in your life. If you go into world history, you find that most inventions that is made in the world are come from Christians. Okay, why? Because we're walking with, with the divine spirit. They, they knew someone was greater. They, it, he was not just a life coach. He was not something, a comfort blanket. He was not just some, uh, uh, a guy to rescue. They knew, you can talk about that in, uh, see that in Hebrews 11. They knew that they, on, they conquered nations, they conquered situations by their faith. And that's you and me. That's you. Amen. That's you. You have that power available to you. But most of us, because religion contaminated our faith, our culture contaminated our faith, and then we are so eager to be pleasers of men. But because many times, you know, when God has asked me to do certain things, many times the first thing I come in, oh, what would people think? And what does the Bible say? The fear of man brings a snare. The fear of man brings a snare. You know, the Azusa Street revival, it's interesting, you know, that uh, well, the guy, uh, William Seymour, the, the Azusa Street revival was maybe the greatest outpouring since the Wills revival. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a book written by a woman, she was a little girl there, and every day she saw fingers grow out, hands grow out, limbs grow out, and oh, it was like natural. And one day she wrote about that suddenly the fire, fire department came because of a Outside the building, it was completely in flames. William Seymour, he was not a great preacher. He actually, he didn't preach too much, actually. Well, when the meeting started, he took, took a box over his head. That was all he did. And then the Holy Spirit just fell. Bang. Okay? Can you imagine if you were William Seymour? He would have been there. What, what does people think? They didn't think anything because people got healed all over the place. But then later on, he wanted a little bit of recognition, so he started lifting the box. I mean, he took the box off, and Azusa Street uh, died down. Okay? Don't be worried about what man thinks. When people, a man says it's impossible, God says it's possible. When people say it can't be done, God says it's, let it be done. But of course, now you have to, now you have to take this context into it also. You know, I believe that our generation of kids and my generation too, and through Hollywood, through pep talk churches, uh, meetings, that we have been told a lie. And that lie is that we say to people, you can be anything you want. Oh, the sky is the limit. And that's in one level is true. But it has to be within what is realistic in your world. As I said, I, when I was young, I wanted to be a basketball player. Okay, until I saw an American basketball player. You know, they, they hold the basketball like it, it, it's a clementine. 
Have you seen? And <laughs> Uh, it's only in America. You never stop amusing me when you go into these basketball shops and you see these with basketball shoes. No, but like the shoes is size 12 to 14 or something like that. It's just, I could get, uh, no, I, I, and so if I said I want to be an NBA basketball player, someone needs to hit me on the back of my head and say, I, I, know I, could. I don't think that is for you. You need to find out within, within, the gifts, talents, physiology you have been given, when you use that to the maximum, you can become a superstar. Success is not found in what you want to do. Success is found in that you find out who you are. You know, you can see even, even the world is start finding out now. Who, who could have, uh, 40 years ago, who would have become a celebrity because you're good at baking cakes? But that woman or man who suddenly they find out, I'm good at baking cakes. Now, suddenly they can make a living of it. I don't know. It's only, you know, I don't think in my generation, many people, what do you want to be? I want to be a chef. Well, it's a weird job. Why do you want to cook food? But now, some of these chefs, they have made a career out because they, 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 they found, I am a chef. Amen. You know, but, but we, where I was brought up to, Oh, no, no, you, if you want to be successful, you need to be this or that and whatever. And when we try to reach out for something that is not within our skill set, within our physiology or whatever it may be, and when, it's, and when we try it and it doesn't work. But when you find out who you are, when you find out that you can be anything what you have been given. You know, what did God say to Moses? What is in your hand or what is in your life? He was a shepherd. Which that was not a really exciting, prestigious job, and yet he became the shepherd of the whole of Israel. Amen. He could have said, "I want to be Pharaoh." No, he didn't. I want to be Pharaoh. No, he he was not going to be Pharaoh. He was going to be the shepherd, not just a shepherd, but the shepherd. He knew within. No, when he killed the Egyptian taskmaster. I think because the way he, you know, he knew at that moment he was going to deliver Israel. And he thought the only way I can deliver that is by showing force like Pharaoh did. And that's why he had to go for a desert journey for, for 40 years before he came back and learned the lesson. Okay. Anyway, but he learned. And the same with you. That's why don't compare yourself with others. Compare yourself with yourself. That's why that we as Christians, we can rejoice when someone else has a breakthrough. Do you know that when you get a breakthrough, it's much easier for me to get a breakthrough. This is how the world works. When uh, in Olympic Games 1988 in Seoul, when Ben Johnson, he was the first, I think, first guy. Okay, I know he was doped, but that he ran 100 meters below 10 seconds. That was the first time it ever happened. That was like the magic thing. You know, ever since then, because it was not a physical barrier, it was a mental barrier. And suddenly now, if you want to, just to be in the final in a 100 meter sprint, you had to go below 10 seconds. But suddenly, once, well, one person had broken through, now suddenly everyone else saw it can be done. So when you have a breakthrough, I don't need to be jealous because I can see, wow, it can be done. If God can do it for you, he can definitely do it for me. <laughs> no, but you, know, if you see someone prosper, you can say, wow, I can prosper too. Don't be jealous. 
when someone gets healed, don't be jealous. Wow, if God has a breakthrough. You can see that, what is it? I can't remember his famous guy. I think even he was a Christian. The guy, the British guy who uh, who broke the mile distance under four minutes. Actually, he was a, I, I can't remember, either he was a student or, or a doctor. I can't remember. And then just in a lunch break, he just went down to the track and broke, he was the first man to break the four minute uh, limit for a mile. And I think after that, it was broken three or four times within the same year. Why? Because suddenly, it can be done. It can be done. Wow, it can be done. Yeah, yeah, it can be done. Was that Jesus or Google? (laughs) 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 But so, so, and that's why that we must urge and help and support one another to get their breakthrough because their breakthrough also become my breakthrough. Do you understand why we have a body? So when you are broken through, I can break through. When you become a success, I become a success. Amen. So, so if you can believe, believe that you receive. No, no, sorry, I'm ahead of which he shall say, he shall come. Whatsoever he says, I shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, what things soever you desire, when you pray. Now you have to understand, pray. Now it's not like don't, don't think about the physical thing about praying, folding your ten sausages and kneeling and closing your eyes. Pray is relationship with Jesus. So whatsoever, no, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray or when you are in relationship, when you are walking with him. Okay? As I said last Sunday, don't ask God to bless your plan because that means you are not in his plan. Okay? If you are in his plan, it's already blessed. When we ask God to bless us, it's because we're not for, we're following our way. This is where, again, it's not when God says, when Jesus says, not your my way, but your way. It, it is not to take away from you. It is because his way is higher than your way. Amen. I, I, I met a, an old man now. And he said to me when he was young, you know, like the, when you when you're young, everyone wants to get married. And he said, you know, when I, when he was young, he said, oh, every youth group he prayed, is that going to be my wife? Is that going to be my wife? Every, he said every conference he went to, he was seeking. <laughs> anyway, so now he's an old man. He said to me, Kurt, it's a good thing you don't get everything you pray for. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you can you can interpret that in whatever way you want that yourself. Okay, but that's what he said to me. Okay. So therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe to so now trust, believe that you receive them. No, actually, them is not in the original. It's a believe that you receive, and you shall have. If you believe. You shall have. And this is where the principle, always remind yourself of this principle, how did I get saved? I believe in my heart, confesses with my mouth. Believe in my heart, confesses with my mouth. How, uh, anything, anything, 
just believe in your heart. Find the scripture. What does the Bible say about the situation? Don't what does your emotion say? What does your desire say? What does the religion say? No, go to the Bible and say, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? I'm telling you, if God is with you as we established, he is. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. They can strip you of everything, but they cannot stop you from prospering. You know that one of the things I love about Joseph, you know, he, he, you know, in the beginning of Joseph's life, he was an arrogant little irritating guy. Oh, God told me, you're going to bow down for me. Oh, Dale and Mom. Oh, you, um, God told me, you're going to bow. You know, I, he had the best dress. He didn't even work. The, the other brothers, they had to work and so on. He, he was really a spoiled child. Can you imagine you have a brother like that, sipping like that? And then he, his life gone, went to, from bad to worse. He got the first one to kill him when we when we sold him and you know you know the story, but if you read the whole story, every now and then there's a verse. But God was with him. They could throw him into the pit of prison and he prospered. They they could throw him they could throw him uh, to be a slave and he prospered. When wherever he went, he because what is inside of you will just keep prospering if you believe it. You, you don't need to go there or be there and do that, whatever. You can prosper right where you are. Oh, you know, whatever the devil threw at Joseph, it couldn't stop him prospering because God was with him. They lied about him, he, but God prospered. Can you, I always thought about what Potiphar and his wife was thinking when Joseph, he was made the prime minister of Egypt. Potiphar, uh, is that the guy we threw in prison? Ooh, that wasn't good, is it? Anyway, anywhere he went, he prospered. And you know what? You got a better covenant. You know, Joseph, when he talks about God, was the spirit could not dwell in man. It was on man. Okay? But you and me, in the new covenant, he does not just dwell on us, he dwells in us. Amen. He dwells in us. That's why you, you should be the most prosperous people in the world. Now, prosperity is not to compare. Prosperity is you, 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 know, you, you should have a far better, greater dream about your life. Because God's purpose and a plan is so much greater for you. Don't be satisfied with mediocrity. Don't be satisfied with the not uh, uh, and when abusing the scripture that I should be content in all things. No, no, content in all things is about your heart, okay? But because we're the same person who wrote that, he also said, "I'm striving forwards because there are more, there are more, there are more anointing, there are more." I would, I would love to see that many more people when I'm walking or whatever they come to me and say, "Oh, Pastor Kurt, can you do your thing?" Amen. But you know, you. But but we have to be aware of that's what we carry. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it as a, because you know if if you go to work next time, and just spend a minute before you walk into your workplace and just be aware of the Holy Spirit dwells upon me. I'm a carrier of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, your whole day will be different. But many of us, because we, 
we, we, we just learned that, oh, I'm a Christian, you are Buddhist, uh, you are Muslim, and you play golf, and uh, you like to play with whatever. Oh, yeah, we all in whatever. We, have, we all have our everyone's interest. No, you, know, you start today, go, just be aware of the Holy Spirit. Just be the Holy Spirit upon you. You, know, you don't need to be religious or, or oh, no, no, you can do that in your heart. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will work with you that day. When I, when I read the Word of God, I always say, Holy Spirit, help me. Because I know that without the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand it. Okay? Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand it. So, so uh, let me just go to uh, so, uh, Genesis 17.5 and then we'll finish. Okay? Seventeen. Uh, just to see what, uh, just to prove to you what, what I said when God speaks to Ab- Abraham. Actually, do you know Jewish people are not allowed to say Abraham? They, mu- they must only refer to him as Abraham, even in when it's what, do you, why? It's just like you and I, we are not supposed to refer to our life before the cross. That's not your reference point anymore. You are not an improved version of your old self. You are brand new. You are a new creation. You are an extraterrestrial. Hmm? You say, are there ETs amongst you? We are already here. Amen. And we phone home. Uh, it's only Estella who remembers the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is 17.5 says here so this is when God comes down to Abraham neither shall your name anymore be called Abraham but your name shall be Abraham so notice what here for a father of many nations now notice here have I made you he didn't say I'm going to have I made you have I made you so when you say, oh, Jesus heals me, I say, what, what are you talking about? Oh, Lord, heal me. So what are you talking about? You're already healed. But I don't feel it. Yeah, but it's not your feelings that needs to be healed. Your feelings cannot heal you. Okay? You can feel things, and you can feel it's good for you, and it's not good for you. When you when you are eating five cookies, oh, it's really good for me. When next time you step, you come close to the scale, you say, oh, only one person at a time. <laughs> I think you should invent something like it. when you come some some sensor from the scale. You come there, oh, the scale, oh no, 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 don't do this to me. <laughs> okay, you know, don't you know? Let the word be highest authority. I see it every time I travel. That's why I always see, I'm so happy with these electronic passport gates now. But otherwise, in places where I have to show it to a person, they never believe I'm a dangerous. They look at my passport. When, I, when, when they meet me, they hear my name. But you know what? It's not what you see in the natural and it's the same thing you have to learn in your Christian life. That we have, we, that, uh, and, and we need to come back to 
this thing, that, uh, the real gospel. I think a lot of the worship, the praise and worship that come up lately, is sensual. What I mean by that, it appeals to your emotions. Many of the worship songs are not written as the, the old uh, worship songs were written. You know, every old worship hymn, or song, there was a price that was paid for these songs. It was not about how can we make a, a, a song that, that, that brings an atmosphere. No, you know, uh, you know, there's this old hymn, It is well with my soul. This is a man who lost his whole family. You know, you know Amazing Grace? He, he was a, tra- a slave dealer who got saved. That's why I said, now, once I was blind, now I can see. Okay? If there was a price paid for it. Okay? There's just one verse. It's in Corinthians. I can't remember where it is. But uh, uh, it's about uh, that we are not moved by what we see, but we are moved by the, yeah. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. You speak, start speaking to your bank account. Start speaking to your mountains, whatever it is. Speaking to your body. I speak to my body every single day because every day it doesn't always want to do what I want to do. You have to speak it. You have to say it. Don't say what you don't say what you don't want. Say what you want. Don't say what you have. Have a positive confession. I'm telling you, gratitude is always attractive. Amen. And and that's why we should be say, give thanks under under all circumstances, not for circumstances, but during all circumstances. That's why I don't believe that Peter and Silas, no, Paul and Silas, were thrown in the dungeons of the prison. I don't think it was their emotions who led them to give praise to God. It was a decision. It was a decision as we as start out, and as they gave glory to God, their faith grew. Why did the faith grow? Because how does faith grow? Faith does not grow by striving. It, it grows by surrender, by yielding. That's how your faith grows. Because when you surrender and yielding, you're in a relationship with Jesus. And that's where faith grows. You cannot strive. For so when, so just, just surrender to Jesus. And I'm telling you, the presence of God will start come and you will grow. And we know, that, we know what happened to Paul and Silas. They come, there was an earthquake and they, they got delivered. And I'm telling you, you might feel you're in a dungeon, but you can give praise to God. You can give glory to God. You can say, thank you. Jesus. Oh, but I'm, my knee is hurting. You say, oh, thank you. Only one knee is hurting. The others is good. It's, it's by choice. It, it's about the good attitude. Uh, there was an old book called Always Say Thanks. And it taught people just to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And this is where it shows that God doesn't respond to your right theology. He responds to your right heart. Because that book also wrote the testimonies about the people who were diagnosed with cancer. And I don't copy that. But they say, oh, thank you, I got cancer. They said, no, no. But, but God, because the heart was so overflowing with gratefulness to God. And a broken, a contrite heart, God cannot decline. Amen. So I'm telling you, today... Today starts your new journey. You are no longer a victim. You are no longer uh, a survivor. You are a conqueror and a victor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.